You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hello, Star Wars fans, and welcome to another all-new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, where we talk about Star Wars Episode 7 and spin-off movies, and in this case, video games and TV shows and a bunch of other exciting stuff. I'm your host, as always, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How you doing, Tim? Hey, Kyle. I uh, woke up feeling a little bit under the weather this morning, but I think talking some Star Wars is going to be the perfect medicine. <laughs> oh, yeah. You uh, look strong enough to pull the ears off a of Gundark to me. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we got uh, some more exciting news to talk about today. Um, you know, if you guys have been paying attention to uh, Star Wars stuff over the past few days, you've probably heard the big news about Lucasfilm and EA um, and this, you know, coming right off the heels of the announcement of LucasArts being closed down. Now we've got the announcement that Lucasfilm is um, sort of paired up with uh, EA and giving them exclusive licensing rights to make Star Wars games for the foreseeable future. And, uh, you know, a lot of people had mixed reactions to this. I know, you know, some people don't like EA as a game company, but Tim, what was your sort of first reaction to this? Yeah, when I first saw it, it, was, it took me by surprise. Like, really had to kind of do a double take on it. But um, yeah, it got me excited for it because, like you said, I know it's kind of gotten a lot of mixed reaction. A lot of people just despise EA. <laughs> but um, I think that's more on just the publishing, the company side. But looking at the developers they have and just in the press release where they mentioned that studios like BioWare and uh, DICE and Visceral, like three of their best studios who made some great games, that said they're already going to have, those studios are going to be developing some new Star Wars titles. That's what really got me excited. So, yeah, when I first heard it, it was, took me kind of by surprise, and I wasn't expecting it, Kyle. We just thought Disney was probably just going to keep it in-house and have it be under their uh, video game development studio. I didn't think it was going to be licensed out to a big company like EA, but I think it's definitely good news. Um, we're probably going to be expecting some more Star Wars games, kind of like there has been in the past where it's more than just one big game. We're probably going to get a few, maybe a year or one every year, something like that. So, um, and, But like I said, with those developers like DICE and Bioware, I think we're going to be getting some really cool Star Wars games. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, yeah. It got me really excited too. And, you know, again, like we said, some people don't like EA and I'm sort of, I don't know, I have my issues with them, but I'm not totally against them. You know, I don't, hate them with a passion and you know all that kind of stuff like some people do but i was just glad that you know we get to hear some more news about star wars games you know sooner than i expected i mean with disney closing down LucasArts and all that kind of stuff and when you were saying that you thought future star wars games were going to be kept sort of in-house at disney well they did say in that announcement that they were going to i mean LucasArts isn't shut down completely they're just not a game developer anymore but they're just sort of a game business company, I guess you could say. I mean, not even a publisher, but all, pretty much all they do now is license out 
the Star Wars properties and other Lucasfilm properties to different game developers. At least that's my understanding of it. So I knew that we'd get, you know, eventually get some other studios that would get to take a shot at Star Wars games and, you know, they'd acquire the license or whatever. But I didn't expect to have a big announcement about it this soon. And I didn't expect somebody like EA, although if you think about it, I mean, it kind of makes business sense for Disney and EA. They're both probably going to make a ton of money off of this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I didn't really see it coming that, you know, we were going to have a big studio get sort of exclusive rights to it. But at the same time, like you said, it's not just that. I mean, EA is a is a developer. They make their own games like The Sims and Madden and, you know, the EA Sports and all that kind of stuff. But they also, um, you know, own a bunch of smaller developers like you were saying, Bioware and Dice and Visceral and uh, studios like that. And those are the ones that they're going to have working on Star Wars games. Um, in fact, I think in the press release where this announcement came out, they said that those three studios, the Bioware, Dice, and uh, Visceral, that they're all already working on new Star Wars titles. Um, I think that's the case. Bioware, they could just mean that they're continuing you know, work on Star Wars The Old Republic, but um, who knows. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited that we get some news about it soon, that we're going to be getting you know, definitely some more big Star Wars games uh, probably not any time this year. In fact, they were saying that uh, spring 2014 is probably the earliest that we'll see any of these new games. But that doesn't mean that this year at E3 we might not get some announcements about what those games are or, you know, we could maybe get some teaser trailers or something like that. I doubt we'll see any gameplay footage, but, you know, maybe something along the lines of, like, the uh, like the CGI trailers that they've done for Star Wars The Old Republic and stuff like that could be really cool to see. So... You know, I'm just excited that things are moving forward, that they aren't just sort of, you know, sitting around not doing anything with this Star Wars license for video games, that they're going out there and, you know, sort of aggressively, I guess, trying to make some new games for uh, for people to enjoy. Yeah, I'm really hoping that, like you said, next month for E3, we'll get at least like a trailer, maybe just an, an announcement as far as what or what titles these studios are developing, just kind of get a better idea of what we can look forward to in the future. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, since you've been playing uh, The Old Republic, because a lot of the backlash I've been hearing is that EA has been doing a poor job with that game. It didn't have a good launch. But um, did you really experience like a lot of problems with uh, when you first started playing it, when it launched? Because I don't know, it just seems like it's been getting a lot of hate with as far as how EA was handling the launch of that game. Do you think that's warranted or do you think... That was it a, a kind of a different story for you when you first played it? Well, here's the thing for me. I love The Old Republic. And I hear people sort of still criticize it, like, oh, it's been a failure and stuff. And it's not that the launch was bad. I mean, they sold a ton of, you know, they they made a ton of sales on launch. And I think it was like the fastest growing, you know, MMO in terms of subscribers, like to ever launch. And they thought, oh, maybe this is going to take over World of Warcraft. And like in the first month or so, they already had like 2 million people playing it. But then rather than, you know, continuing to grow really rapidly from there, they started losing players and people started complaining about bugs and you know lack of end game content and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. I, I haven't really experienced a lot of issues with it. I mean, there are some glitches and things that have kind of bugged me, but nothing that's made me you know completely shut the game off and hate it. Um, now, I think maybe some of the issue for people is um, you know people who play it all the time and got their character you know got all the way through their story and got their character to like the maximum level fifty like right after the game launched and they were saying that oh there's not enough 
for, you know, high level players to do after they finish their story. I can kind of understand that, I guess, except that wasn't the case for me. Cause I sort of took it a little bit slower pace and, um, you know, I just sort of tried to enjoy the story and the characters and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not an MMO player. I've never played World of Warcraft or whatever other MMOs are out there that people play. But, um, you know, so for me, it's it's more about just enjoying the story. I mean, I see this almost more as a KOTOR 3 with a constant multiplayer element to it. But I'm in it mostly for the single player stuff and you know for the story and stuff like that and then occasionally i'll group up with other people and do some of like the big group missions and stuff those are fun too i'm not saying i don't like that there's other people in my game but that's not really my focus on it and so when people complain about it i feel like they're either being really picky about you know just bugs and stuff like that or they're just you know hardcore mmo players who are used to um, you know, World of Warcraft and stuff. And, you know, they're comparing it to other MMOs that have been out for several years and have had time to sort of polish their bugs and add more content and things like that. So sometimes I feel like it's a bit of an unfair comparison, too. And, I mean, Star Wars The Old Republic has um, certainly added a lot more to it since the game first came out. You know, they've added a uh, couple things here and there through updates. And then uh, recently they added a bigger uh, sort of separate expansion pack for it. So, you know, I think it's growing. I think they're still working it out. I'm not saying it's a perfect game, um, but I just feel like, you know, as long as you're not too sort of hung up on, like, the hardcore MMO aspects of it, certainly if you're a Star Wars fan and if you can handle MMOs and don't, like, totally hate them and you want to play another Bioware Star Wars RPG, then I think it's a great game to play. So, um, yeah, and I mean, like you said, I've heard a lot of the criticism out there for it, and some of it bugs me because, like I said, sometimes I just feel like people are making unfair comparisons to other games that have had more time to sort of polish themselves or, um, you know, that people are just sort of not giving it a chance or sort of, you know, they're looking at the sales numbers, like that the sales went down and automatically assume it's a failure when I'm playing and I can still tell that there are a lot of people in the game enjoying it. So, you know, maybe it didn't meet the huge expectations that it had when it first launched, but I should, I certainly wouldn't consider the game a failure. So. I mean, that's just my take on it. I don't know exactly what the sort of business numbers are. Obviously, they had to go to to uh, free-to-play to sort of make up some of their losses from losing subscribers and stuff. But I've heard that since they went to free-to-play, they've sort of got a lot more players back. But, um, you yeah. know, so I don't know. I, I like the game a lot. So I hope that uh, that it keeps going for a while and that maybe it sort of stops getting criticized quite so much. Yeah, because I got to say, um, a lot of the – I was kind of – surprised that the announcement got a lot of backlash as it did from ea because um i consider myself kind of a hardcore gamer but unfortunately i've kind of been out of the loop uh, as far as video game companies and their status and all that as much as i used to be so uh, i always kind of figured that activision was like out of all the video game publishers that was like the most hated studio out there and then when i saw that it was ea i go oh that's i think that's probably making fans happy if it's not activision i know a lot of people don't like it because they just turn it out like a sequel after sequel of the same title over and over again. I know a lot of people hate that, but apparently a lot of people have issues with EA that I wasn't fully aware of. So it kind of took me by surprise when I heard all the mixed reactions about it. But yeah, maybe well, those are warranted as a publisher. But like I said, I think with the video game developers who have proven track records, like DICE with Battlefield, Bioware with Knights of the Republic, Mass Effect, and uh, Visceral with Dead Space, even though it's a game I haven't played, I heard it's, it's got pretty good reviews. So that's the stuff that's really getting me excited that we're going to get some really cool Star Wars games. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
you know, even even the hate for EA, it's not just with Star Wars The Old Republic, obviously. Yeah. I mean, there's people who play their other games who have issues with them. But it's not that the games themselves are low quality. I think a lot of the problems people have have to do with sort of their business model in terms of, I mean, now if you buy an EA game that has, you know, an online multiplayer part, it's like you buy the game new and it comes with this online pass. And if you try to buy like a used copy of the game, you have to pay extra for the online pass. And so, you know, they're trying to make more money on that. That's becoming like the standard, it seems now for pretty much almost a lot of video game publishers. Well, right. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure EA was the first ones who started it. And I, I still remember, you know, a couple of years ago when they first introduced that, that had a lot of people unhappy. Um, and, you know, recently they came out with a new SimCity game that I guess even if you're not playing online, it has to always be connected yeah. to the Internet so that you can't, you know, just it, I guess it's supposed to be, you know, piracy protection or something like that. But then they had issues with that when the game first launched and, you know, maybe the servers weren't working and people couldn't connect to it so they couldn't play even if they weren't trying to play online with people. And that made a lot of people really mad and it took them a long time to fix it and stuff like that. And there have been other issues. I think part of it, too, is just the fact that it's a huge developer and that they'll buy up smaller companies and people sort of see them as, you know, maybe the big bully in the industry that can sort of just buy their way out of anything and sort of is stomping on the little guy kind of thing like that. Um, Not that I agree with all of that. Like I said, I, I don't hate them as much as some people do, but I have some issues with them. But at least... Um, you know, if they're making new Star Wars games, I, I think one thing we can expect is that, like you said, they'll be in the hands of good studios who are going to be able to make good games. They're going to have good budgets. And so these are going to be, you know, big games with great graphics and big stories and all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, there we might have some issues with, um, you know, online passes and things like that that we have to deal with since they're published by EA. But at least we know that the games themselves are probably going to be pretty high quality and we don't have to worry about them being in the hands of sort of up and coming indie developers who might not finish them or, you know, studios that might go bankrupt or something like that. So at least, you know, it's, it's like, like I said, it's sort of a trade off because there might be some bad stuff that you have to deal with, but at the same time, you know, that the game itself is probably going to get finished on time and be pretty good quality. So, um, you know, that's that's uh, at least one positive side to it for me. Mm-hmm. So speaking of games, I'm sure when you read the announcement, the speculation started for you as it did for me as far as, man, what games are these studios going to be developing? I think the obvious one was uh, when you saw the name Dice, you kind of thought to yourself, well, Battlefield or Battlefront 3 might actually come back again. <laughs> Maybe we'll see either Battlefront 3 or like a spiritual successor to the Battlefront franchise, but with a new title or something like that. Do you think that's something we're going to see, or do you think the Battlefront 3 is just kind of dead and we'll get something different? Yeah, no, I I feel like I'm sort of beating a dead horse here. Um, You know, every time somebody talks about, oh, what kind of new Star Wars video game did you want to see, first thing that pops into my head is Battlefront 3. But like you said, it's that game that won't go away. There's always rumors about it. And, you know, there have been at least a couple different studios that have had it in development and it's gotten canceled. And I would love to see another one. Um, Not just because I want them to finally make this game that's been floating around for a while, but because Battlefront 1 and 2 are some of my favorite games of all time. Um, I mean, I still think... 
I wish I could go back and count or something, but I think I've probably spent more time in my life playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 than I have any other video game. Although it's <laughs> it's very possible, though, that I spent more time playing Pokemon on my Game Boy as an eight-year-old and just don't remember because I was, you know, sort of just got sucked into the void. But Played it in your sleep. It, it, <laughs> at least recently, you know, in the past ten years or so, I mean, I have played a lot of Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I don't even play it all that much anymore recently, but, I mean, the game came out in 2005, and for the next at least, like, three or four years, I played that thing nonstop. And, you know, I'd play it with my dad, and we'd do the multiplayer galactic conquests and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I would just love to see it on one of the new consoles. I mean, it, it's kind of a shame that we're never going to get to see Battlefront 3 on, you know, the PS3 and Xbox 360, because if they... Yeah. If it comes out next year, then it'll most likely be on the new consoles that they're supposed to announce this year. So, um, but you know, still, I'd love to see that same sort of gameplay with you know all the different classes of rebels and stormtroopers and clones and stuff that you can run around with, and then play as Jedi and jump in starfighters and go do space battles and stuff like that. I mean, I just love that there's so much variety to it, and you can sort of do anything you've ever wanted to do within a Star Wars battlefield. And just to be able to do that on, you know, these newer consoles with all the graphics and all the, you know, destructible environments and bigger maps and all this kind of stuff that they can fit in now. I mean, it would just be so awesome to see. So, and yeah, I mean, I know the Battlefront series is really similar to the Battlefield series. I've never actually played the Battlefield games, but I've heard that. Um, you know, the Battlefront games were based off of one of the earlier Battlefield games. And so it's like if DICE, who's, I'm not sure if they've made the whole Battlefield series, but I know they made Battlefield 3 and, you know, sort of the more recent games. And so, you know, obviously those guys know what they're doing with it. And so to have them be able to sort of apply that same formula to a new Star Wars game, that would be awesome. And like you said, even if it's not called Battlefront 3, you know, even if it's sort of a spiritual successor, as long as you can still do the same kind of stuff, I think that would be really cool, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. One thing, though, if DICE is developing a game like that, I just hope they do something about their uh, flight controls for their different vehicles. That's probably, like, the worst thing about the Battlefield games. Oh. Like, when you pilot a jet or something, they're so hard to control. <laughs> <laughs> so I, hopefully it'll make it, if they do something like that with Battlefront, it'll be more easier. But, yeah, I mean, Battlefront is such a no-brainer to me as a game to get in development. I mean, it's one of the best-selling Star Wars games of all time. I think it was when it first came out, Battlefront 2 was. So it just seemed like a, like I said, a no-brainer for it, for it to be a, a new game in the, I know not this console generation, but the next one. I, I do think DICE is the perfect studio to do that, because when you see those Battlefield games, just visually, they look amazing. And then see a Star Wars game like that, it would be awesome to play it. But I don't know. Kind of part of me also thought, too, when I heard this announcement, is it possible maybe 1313 would get handed over to one of these studios? I was thinking maybe something like Visceral, because Dead Space seemed kind of similar in gameplay to what 1313 was going to be. But I know they didn't make any announcement about that, but this it was a thought that popped in my head. I still personally think that 1313 is just going to be dead, and we're not going to see that. Maybe it'll turn into something new that'll take certain elements from it, but that's just one thing I thought of. Maybe if any of these studios would take 1313, but I don't know, it doesn't seem likely, but just a thought that popped in my head. I don't know if you thought of that or if you think of 1313 will ever see the light of day with this new announcement with EA. No, I think it's possible, but unfortunately I, I kind of was on the same page with you thinking that it's probably not going to happen. It just seems like they're sort of moving forward. I mean, in the announcement, the uh, the president of EA said that you know they're going to be 
totally new games that they might be based on, you know, the Star Wars movies or something, but that they were going to, um, you know, sort of incorporate elements from that, but, but that they were going to be new games. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I might not put too much stock in that because obviously Battlefront 3 is, yeah, that wouldn't be a completely original game, but that's something that a lot of people want to see. And, you know, we don't know that they're making that for sure, but I mean, I'm hoping that they are, like I said, a spiritual successor. And it just, it makes sense. I mean, that's part of the reason I want to see this game too, is just, it, you know, the first two were so popular and everybody's been asking for a third one for so long. It's like, if you're going to forge ahead with, you know, a new studio making some big new Star Wars games for a new generation of consoles, that just seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I but, totally agree. Um, but at the same time, I can see them sort of moving past maybe other games like 1313 that kind of were stuck in development. And it's like, well, rather than try to pick that up and have a new team try to finish it, it's like, let's just start with something new. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what they come up with because, you know, we can speculate all day on, you know, what kind of games we want to see. But if they're making completely new stuff, then it's kind of hard to imagine what that might be. Cause everybody's like, Oh, we should, you know, they should make a new Jedi Knight game or a new Republic commando game or something like that. And that stuff would be cool too. But it's like, if they're coming up with something completely new, they might pull out something that nobody expects that could end up being really awesome. Yeah. One uh, Star Wars game I would love to see. Let's, we haven't had one in a long time. would be a, a really good Star Wars fighting game. I don't know if you ever played that PlayStation hmm. 1 game, Masters of Terracosity. I think it's how you pronounce it. But I've never played it. I've just heard that it's like the worst Star Wars game ever. Yeah, it's horrible. you got to put like 10 different button commands just to fire a blaster or something like that or bring out your <laughs> lightsaber. It's really horrible. It was slow and it was just... Uh, but that's all we had at the time was a Star Wars fighting game. And so I kept playing it and playing it and kind of talked myself into thinking, oh, this is actually good or fun. But <laughs> in reality, it was bad. So I don't know that these studios have ever, ever done a fighting game, but that's something I definitely want to see tackle with the Star Wars license as a fighting game because I think that could be really fun. Yeah, been- yeah. You know, I think that would be great too because I've been thinking of that ever since. Um, I don't know if you've ever played Soul Calibur 4 that came out yeah. back in 2008. And, uh, you know, they had Darth Vader and Yoda on there yep. as, oh, as cool. bonus characters <laughs> and Starkiller. And those were a lot of fun to play as. I mean, and I had already been a, a fan of the Soul Calibur franchise. And so I was sort of familiar with, you know, the fighting mechanics of it. And then you throw somebody in there with a lightsaber. And, uh, you know, that was really fun. And then you can customize your own characters. And so I went and created a ton of other Star Wars characters, everybody from, you know, Obi-Wan and Luke to, you know, characters from Knights of the Old Republic like Bastila and Darth Malak. You know, I'd get them as close as I could with the costumes available. But they wouldn't give you lightsabers as a customizable weapon option. So I just had to have those guys use, you know, swords and pretend they were lightsabers. But, (laughs) um, you know, I I was like, man, somebody should just remake Soul Calibur 4, but, you know, have Darth Vader and Yoda and Starkiller in there and then just a bunch of other Star Wars characters because this is really fun. And I know some people thought it was kind of dumb because they're like, oh, lightsabers are supposed to, you know, cut people in half and you're hitting yeah. people a bunch of times and it doesn't instantly kill them. And I'm like, who cares? You know, exactly. you're, you're playing a fighting game, you're hitting people with swords and axes and all that kind of stuff and they're not dying, you know, yeah. so they should, it's not realistic anyways. It's not like a lightsaber totally throws the reality of the game out the window anyways it's like you were already throwing out re- throwing reality out the window to begin with so let's just go crazy with the lightsabers and the force powers and have some fun with it yeah totally when it comes to fighting games and stuff like that i totally agree because i've been playing the new uh, injustice gods among us game which is really cool they're making great use of the dc comics license 
well, playing that, I was thinking, man, this would be great if there's a Star Wars game like this. But like you said, there's always people complaining as far as like, well, these people, like these heroes shouldn't be fighting each other or Superman's eye beam should go right through this character. <laughs> it was like, it's a fighting game. You don't like all that stuff just goes right out the window when you play a fighting game because you're just there to have to have fun fighting these with these iconic characters. So, yeah. 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 I think it's also been maybe some sort of like a kryptonite that people have wanted to stay away from with Star Wars ever since Masters of the Terrace Kasi, since that has sort of such an infamous reputation. Everybody's like, oh, we don't want to screw that up again. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if somebody decided to take a chance on it and they made a fun game, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I hope so, because I think that's something that would just be really great if they do it right. Just get a great uh, developer who has experience doing fighting games and just give them the Star Wars license, and then they'll be off, and then we'll all benefit from a great Star Wars fighting game. So that's one on my wish list that hopefully we'll get sometime in the near future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Battlefront 3 is definitely at the top of my wish wish list, but two other things on my wish list. I mean, like I said, I'd love to just see some new games that we're not thinking about right now that they're just going to surprise us with something awesome. But if they're going to revisit sort of any of the stuff that's been done before, two things that I'd really like to see are, uh, one, I'd like to see a, uh, you know how recently they've been doing a lot of HD remakes with like Halo and stuff like that. They'll take the original version and sort of beef it up with the new graphics and stuff like that. I would love to see them do that for the original Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, that would Um, be cool. Because, you know, people keep saying, even though they've got the the Old Republic MMO, they're like, no, we want a single player, you know, uh, KOTOR 3 that's, you know, sort of just like a proper single player RPG from Bioware and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I highly doubt that's going to happen because the developers from Bioware have said that, you know, that the Old Republic is basically KOTOR 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And especially because there's a lot of stuff in the Old Republic that sort of references uh, the original KOTOR games. It's like there's not really a lot of room for surprise in there. It's like, yeah, you could tell more stories because it's like a 300-year gap in between them, but they've sort of already established that there's a that's a time period where not a whole lot happens and anything that you do in that game you're kind of already going to know where it ends in regards to you know what happens in the old republic so i don't think that's maybe the best idea but i think if you remake the original kotor that could sort of fill that void for people you know the people that want a kotor 3 it's like okay well at least we have a new single player KOTOR game just for, you know, consoles and stuff that's just single player and not an MMO. And I just think it would be great to sort of revisit that story and those characters with, you know, new graphics and with some of the improvements that they've made with like Mass Effect and Dragon Age and some of these other MMOs. You know, you could have your main character talk. Um, you know, obviously the characters and everything would be a lot more expressive. You could update the combat system so it's not so sort of pause and point and click like the first KOTOR was. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. I mean, on the one hand, I can understand them wanting to do new stuff and not going back and revisiting something they've already done before. But at the same time, it's like if it's worked for other developers and people are remaking these classic games that people still want to play, I personally would love to do that with KOTOR. Um, And then something else I'd love to see is a new pod racing game. Yeah, because that was so much fun playing, uh, you know, Star Wars Episode One Racer back on my computer when I was, you know, ten or whatever. It's like I'd love to, again, I'd love to be able to just see them not necessarily even remake that game, but just sort of apply the same concept to a new game now when you've got so much better graphics and physics engines and environments and all that kind of stuff. I think that'd be a ton of fun to play. Ever played the uh, Burnout games? No. 
because those are really fun racing games where like pretty much the whole point of it is where you have to win the race of course but you have to like crash into other cars make other cars flip out and i think they'd be like the perfect developer to do a new pod racing game because even when i was playing the old like burnout games like came out with 360 it was like man this would be an awesome pod racer game because some of the crashes that you're able to do are really cool and just having that set in the star wars universe with pod racers would be really fun so yeah i totally agree with you on the pod racing and if there was by the same developers who did burnout i think that'd be the perfect match yeah yeah that'd be a ton of fun to play so i think you know, if I'm here, not mistaken, ea publishes they... that title so yeah i think they do because i saw on ign.com i think they made up sort of like a phony list of you know games that or it's like you know now that ea has a star wars license here are some star wars games we want them to make and some of them were just sort of jokes you know sort of like spin-offs on current ea franchises but i think they did have something about burnout pod racing in there and I was like, ooh, that could be fun. Yeah, totally. I mean, again, like like we kind of said with the spinoff movies, now with, with the Star Wars video games, there's tons of stuff they can really do that would just make for some great games. But um, kind of what you were saying about the uh, remakes, uh, I think if – I know it won't be every game, but I think they could do uh, some other games besides Knights of the Republic that I thought were pretty cool. I know one that I think kind of goes unrecognized would be uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. I don't know mm-hmm. if it really get – too good of scores critically but i think personally the game was fun it told a really cool story the gameplay it was good not great it wasn't broken or anything but if there was like a hd remake i'd love to see that'd be one that i think would make for a good updated one because the graphics on that one already were pretty cool just to have them updated with hd resolutions would i'd go back and play it again but (laughs) yeah well and see i think that one would be one that would maybe be better off with like a spiritual successor Mm -hmm. especially because that came that came out around the time of uh episode two and so it was sort of more relevant with Django fett and everything like that but you know if they finished 1313 or if they made a new game that was sort of like the same concept but you got to play as boba fett i mean i think definitely a game that focuses on bounty hunters would be cool everybody loves bounty hunters and mandalorians and stuff so um, yeah, I mean, something like that would be fun to play, too. Yeah, or even another Republic Commando. There's another one that <laughs> begging yeah. for a sequel, too. It's like, uh, now we're getting to wishful thinking territory. Yeah, although I will say something else I was excited about, though, with the announcement is they said that um, EA was going to be developing games not just for consoles, but also for, like, mobile phones and tablets and, I think, you know, maybe handhelds or something. They mentioned, like, a few different platforms, and then that Disney was also going to make um, some of their own Star Wars games focused more for, like, web browsers and phones and sort of more casual games, I guess. Yeah. But uh, for me, being, you know, a, a big iPhone user and I like playing games on there, I don't play a whole uh, as many games on there now as I used to, but still every once in a while a really cool game will come along where you're playing it and the graphics just make you go, wow, I can't believe I'm playing this on a cell phone. And, uh, I mean, I've got, like, a Mass Effect game on there. I've got some games that are sort of rip-offs of, like, Halo and Call of Duty and stuff, but they're, like, really fun shooters with good graphics and stuff like that. And, I mean, for as successful as the App Store and sort of video games on mobile devices have been, there's been a really big lack of quality Star Wars games. And, uh, I mean, if EA... Because EA publishes a lot, of, uh, a lot of mobile games as well. And I think they even... I think they own a few sort of mobile developers that they've bought and had them do, you know, like I said, the Mass Effect game. There's been like a Dead Space mobile game that have been, you know, really good and well-received. And so, um, you know, if they put some of those developers to work finally making a good handheld Star Wars game, and I don't even know what they would do with that, but, you know, I'm thinking 
playing pod racing on my phone sure could be awesome or you know some sort of space battle game or even if they wanted to try to you know simplify the controls of like battlefront or something and fit that on there um you know i i would love to finally be able to get uh some good star wars games on the iphone too even though that's sort of more of a casual market i guess i mean obviously i'd rather have battlefront 3 on my xbox than on my phone but i think having some cool star wars mobile games would be fun too yeah, definitely. I think we're not going to have any shortage of options to choose from when it comes to Star Wars games in the future because yeah. they made it pretty clear that they're going to have all their bases covered as far as what platforms you'll be able to play these new games on. Yeah, which is smart. so fingers crossed for E3. Yes. <laughs> but also what's interesting, like a day after I think we got this announcement was that um, it was found out that Lucasfilm had a, like registered a bunch of domain names that have some pretty interesting titles when you look at them. And some of them that caught my eye I was like, man, what is this? So what could these possibly mean? It was like this one called Order67.net, the Wolfpack Adventures, WookieHunters.com, so StarWarsRebels.com. So yeah, it kind of took me by surprise. Like, man, what could these be? Are these code names for certain games of development or other different projects? I don't know. What was your thought on when you first saw these weird my, games? My thought on those when I first saw them was to not pay much attention to them at all because I know Lucasfilm has done this before, and I'm pretty sure other companies have done this before, where they'll register they'll, they'll register several domain names, and a lot of them are to throw you off the trail, um, you know, because it'll be. You know, everybody will look at those and think like, oh, that must be some new video game they're coming out with. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they did this in the past. They registered a domain name for like, I think it was called Star Wars Legends or something. And people thought it was going to be a new fighting game. And it turned out to be, I think it was either 1313 or it might have just been Force Unleashed 2 or something like that. You know, it's like they'll register domain names just so people will see all these different names and sort of start speculating about what they might mean. But, you know, most most of them are sort of cover-up names or they're stuff that they're not even working on just to sort of throw us off the trail to, you know, sort of help keep the secrecy of what they're actually working on. Yeah, I think, if I remember correctly, Star Wars 13 was like the only one where that was the domain name that actually uh, stuck with it was the actual title. Yeah. I remember hearing about 1313 a while ago, and then when the video game finally got announced, like, oh, okay, so that's what that was. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. A lot of it's just stuff, like you said, just to throw you off the trail, and it has a completely different meaning or title once it officially gets announced. Mm -hmm. And when they announced the sort of domain name for 1313, even then, you know, nobody knew what the, like, level 1313 part of Coruscant was or anything like that. And so we sort of all just assumed, or at least I did, and I know some other people did, that 1313 was like a code name or it was a number for something. And so, I mean, I think even then we didn't expect that that was the title of a new game. We thought it was sort of leading to something else. So, yeah, yeah I mean, with these, with these domain names, I mean, some of them on there could be titles of games. I mean, Order 67, eh, I don't know, maybe, but they've got like Star Wars Alliance, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Wolf Pack. You know, if they made a, a game about Commander Wolf and the Clone Wars, I mean, that could be kind of cool. So, you know, some of these are more credible than others. Obviously, they've got Gungan Frontier 2, 3, and 4. Um, I, I wouldn't put too much faith in that, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's it's the one like, I'm looking forward to the most, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It would have been such a great game. But, um, 
you know, it's like some of these maybe are more credible than others, but overall I think I'm just going to wait before, wait until some sort of, you know, announcement or at least maybe some more leaked hints or something like that before I go just off the domain names and think that these are definitely the games that they're making. Yeah, and the only response Lucasfilm gave was that um, all they said was, uh, like Luke said, I'm ready for anything. We need to be more like Luke. That's all they had to say about these registered domain names. So right, they're still right. keeping and, pretty quiet about it. Well, and but I think they're sort of cryptically saying what I was saying, which is that they maybe are registering domain names for just ideas that they have, which aren't even titles in development or that they're maybe not even planning to make. But again, you know, they, they register these names just to cover their bases. I mean, in some cases, it might be that they're thinking about making it and they want to take the website name before somebody else makes it. Or in other cases, they might be making up bogus ones just to sort of, you know, add to the rumor mill to, you know, sort of throw everybody off the trail of what they're actually doing. So, um, you know, I mean, it's it's fun to speculate about and it's always good to have more Star Wars news and know that they're sort of working on stuff and thinking about stuff. But I wouldn't put too much stock in the fact that just because they registered the domain names that now we know EA is making Gungan Frontier 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much all i have to say about that yeah i pretty much agree i mean it's definitely interesting and like you said fun to speculate but nothing really to get excited over just yet yeah but something we do have to get excited about and actually speaking of Wolfpack, i wasn't even thinking about this but sort <laughs> of uh we can segue away from the ea and video game stuff for a moment um and actually a few days before we got this big ea news uh we got a new article on usatoday.com where dave filoni is talking about uh the future of the clone war series and the work that they're still doing on the remaining story arcs on that and we've got a new video clip from an upcoming episode where plo Koon and some of his clone troopers are on this sort of deserted planet in the middle of a sandstorm and they're looking for the wreckage of an old ship and Plo Koon finds a lightsaber in there and according to Dave Filoni this story arc is supposed to uh, you know finally address the sort of unsolved mystery from episode two about uh, Master Sifo-Dyas and the origins of the clone army so that I think is pretty exciting what do you think about that Tim? Oh yeah it's kind of like the EA thing when I saw this uh, clip in a new interview it kind of took me by surprise but in a good way like uh, this looks awesome because First off, when I saw the clip, just the clone, uh, the new clone trooper armor that they're wearing through the desert. I remember on the season four Blu-ray, one of the special features they have like a video commentary for some episodes, and in that commentary, Dave Filoni says, uh, "Yeah, we just uh, came up with this cool design for the wolf pack for some new armor that they'll be wearing in the desert." But you guys won't be seeing that for a while, so I won't say too much about it. But he says it's probably the coolest designs that they came up with. So. Uh, once we got the announcement that Clone Wars was kind of wrapping up, I thought, uh, we're probably never going to see those clone troopers now or the designs that they had. So I was glad to see that we're finally able to see what they look like. And I think their armor is cool. They're just another cool clone trooper helmet and armor to add to the already other cool ones we've seen throughout the series. But I also wasn't expecting, too, to them just go into the whole Sifo Dyas thing. I think that should be really interesting and cool to see how much they reveal about the mystery of Sifo Dyas, kind of what happened to him and how if he's still going to be kind of working with Duco because I know a lot of his backstories in the EU and I wonder how much they're going to kind of keep that or if they're going to completely change it because if I remember right in the Star Wars Visionaries uh, comic that came out back in 05 the Sifo Diaz was mentioned in there I think he was what happened to him was like Duco was keeping him like in cryogenic sleep or something like that where he still had his body but he wasn't dead 
So I just can't wait to see or to find out what actually happened to Saifu Diaz after he put the order for the clone army and why he actually did it. So, yeah, I can't wait for it. Mm. And another thing I was thinking of, too, was that there's still no announcement as far as when we're going to see these or how many arcs are going to be in the bonus content. But I noticed a lot of people have been saying that, oh, this kind of confirms at least another arc from the Order 66 arc and the Clovis arc. But I kind of think that this maybe will be part of that Order 66 arc and that one clip we saw earlier because Sifo Diaz, you know, is going to deal with the clones and maybe the mystery behind Sifo Diaz will play into the mystery behind Order 66 and what made that uh, clone shoot that Jedi in that one clip we saw earlier. So uh, right now, I don't necessarily believe that this is a totally separate arc. Right now, I'm kind of in the mindset that this might be part of that clone Order 66 arc. I mean, we'll wait and see. I hope it is separate because that means more arcs we're going to get to see. But I have a feeling that this is probably going to be part of that same arc. Yeah, that's possible. We'll see. Um, I think because that, that is definitely a possible sort of connection between those story threads. But it's just sort of for the theme of the stories, I guess. I mean, it would nice to be. It would be nice to see maybe one sort of more Jedi-focused, sort of mystery-focused story arc, and then one that's more of like a action-centric story arc that focuses on the clones and yeah. deal with the Order sixty six in there. Um, so, I mean, you know, we'll see. I obviously over the force uh, over the course of a four-part story arc, there's you know a lot of stories and a lot of places they can go with it. But I mean, back to what you were saying about the whole Sifo-Dyas thing and the mystery in the EU and all that. Um, I haven't read any one particular source that sort of explained his backstory, but I've sort of just pieced it together from different sources. I mean, I might've read something online about that comic that you said, and um, I might've, I, I think in the book Labyrinth of Evil, they mentioned some stuff in there about it too, but I can't remember exactly. But I mean, I guess my recollection of it was that um, he was dead, but that Dooku maybe was keeping his body. And I think he, because I think when, when they created General Grievous, he might have given him, like, a blood transfusion from Sifo-Dyas' body, and that that might be part of the reason why, you know, Grievous isn't Force-sensitive, but he's at least, you know, he can wield lightsabers without cutting his own limbs off, so... Yeah, I believe that was the story where I saw that image of him, and like, where we see his body, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was something about that, but then it was also, like, sort of built into the backstory of Dooku, where... You know, Dooku and Sifo-Dyas were really close friends, and after Qui-Gon died and Dooku wanted to leave the Jedi Order, that, you know, Palpatine sort of approached him and was, I guess, sort of starting to train him in the ways of the dark side, before, like, while Dooku was still a Jedi, and then when Dooku finally left and was going to become a Sith, Palpatine told him, you know, your your final test sort of of loyalty to me is to kill your friend Sifo-Dyas. But first, they had sort of, you know, maybe sort of manipulated Sifo-Dyas into ordering this clone army for them. Um, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's sort of, I, it's funny. I sort of have a picture in my head of how it all works out, but I'm not even exactly sure where I got all those pieces from. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what they do with it in the Clone Wars. And if they don't stick exactly to the EU story, you know, they might contradict some stuff, but it's something that even in the EU is kind of a little bit fuzzy anyway. So it's like, I might even like it a little bit better if George Lucas just sort of made up his own version of it. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I'm definitely excited for that. I mean, I'm more, I'm excited for more Clone Wars regardless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they could have shown us a clip of Jar Jar running away from a destroyer droid or something like that. And I still would have been like, well, it's more Clone Wars. I'll enjoy it. But, uh, you know, this yeah. little mystery of the Sifo-Dyas thing, that'll be pretty cool. It's interesting how they, you know, Dave Filoni keeps talking about wanting to wrap up these sort of unresolved story threads and sort of solve some of these mysteries before the show wraps up for good. And every time he says that, 
I'm thinking, okay, so we'll find out, you know, what happens to Darth Maul, what happens to Cad Bane, you know, we'll see Boba Fett finally get his armor, we might find out what happens to Ventress, or maybe if anything else happens to Ahsoka, and instead it'll be like, no, we're finding out more about Order 66 and the mystery of Sifo-Dyas and sort of some of these broader concepts rather than just, you know, what happens to this character or that character. Yeah, because it seems like when he says that, now anyway, looking back on it, he's referring to, like, overall mysteries of the Star Wars saga, not yeah. mysteries of the Clone Wars TV show. So, yeah, I think that's the way you're going to have to look at it now, where it's the mysteries or just finding out more revelations throughout the whole Star Wars saga. Yeah, which I kind of like, though, because... I mean, on the one hand, I guess for me, Order 66 isn't really that much of an issue. I don't need too much more explanation on that. I know some people think that it's sort of quick and doesn't really make all that much sense. But I'm like, look, the clones were programmed from birth to be loyal to the Republic and to the Chancellor. And, you know, their their loyalty lies with the Chancellor and not with the Jedi. And especially with some of the stuff we've already seen in the Clone Wars with the buildup of sort of the, the public opinion swaying against the Jedi. And we've had, uh, you know, Jedi-like Krell and Barriss Offee, who've sort of become disillusioned with the Jedi and gone against them. And, um, you know, so in the public image, I mean, they can see that the Jedi aren't as great as they once were. And so then if the Chancellor comes out and says, hey, the Jedi tried to kill me and they're enemies now and, you know, kill them, I don't think many of the clones are going to have an issue with that. So I don't necessarily think it's an issue that needs to be addressed too much more. In fact, I think it's something that I kind of am hoping they don't go too much into for lack of, or, you know, in, in case of sort of overdoing it, I guess, because even when we saw the clip where, um, what's the name? I think it's Tup, right? Yeah. Who who shoots the Jedi in the clip. I'm thinking, well, now you're sort of starting to get into the territory of, you know, if the clones all turned on the Jedi and killed them in order 66, well, if that wasn't the first time a clone had killed a Jedi, then why didn't the Jedi see it coming? I mean, obviously, we'll get more of an explanation in that story arc, but as soon as I saw Tup kill that Jedi, I'm like, okay, that's pretty extreme. If I'm a Jedi, I'm, like, wary of these clones from now on. And, you know, I'm sure the clones could still turn on them and kill a lot of them in Order 66, but you would think that maybe more would have survived if they had sort of taken precautions because they had some sort of hint that this might happen. So, but again, you know, I'm sure we'll get more of an explanation of it in that story arc uh, when that finally comes out. But as far as the Sifo-Dyas thing, I mean, I'm really, like I said, really looking forward to uh, to seeing that mystery explained. And I, I sort of like it when they tackle these stories and topics that sort of cover and affect the whole Star Wars universe in general, or at least, you know, some of the films and not just the Clone Wars series. So that's cool to see. Yeah, for Sifo-Dyas, I wonder if they're going to address the whole thing, because I believe in either the episode two novel or in another used story where it was revealed that he was the one who... Uh, deleted Camino from the Jedi archives, but they never really said who did that in the movies. So that's something I wonder if they'll address in these episodes, if they mention him as the one who erased Camino from the Jedi archive system. Yeah. But, well, I think, I mean, you can sort of just imply that it was either sifo or Dooku. Yeah. But since it wasn't specifically mentioned in the movie, I just, some curious, I thought I wonder if they're going to tackle. But um, kind of like you said, going back to the Order 66 thing, I kind of get what you're saying, where it's not something that, we necessarily need to know or we're planning on finding out. But for me, it's like, it's kind of like a bonus surprise. Like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I would want to know more about that. So that's something that I'm definitely looking forward to. It's not where it's like, um, man, I really wish we find out more about order 66 when they announce it. Like, okay, yeah, now I really can't wait for it. So 
But yeah. then going back with the Saifo Diaz thing, it's like that is something that you really wanted to find out on. And even before the announcement, Saifo Diaz was always something you wanted a definitive, I guess, story or on him or just find out what his real motivations were and what happened to him. So kind of getting two of those uh, different uh, closures on certain aspects, one that you really weren't necessarily planning on, but one that you kind of were looking, hopefully hoping that one would get resolved. So, yeah. And yeah. it's funny because my mom asked me about that all the time too. And that's sort of the <laughs> one thing, I mean, cause you know, she's not as big of a star Wars fan as I am, but you know, she likes the movies and everything. And it's like, for me as a hardcore fan who knows the EU and stuff, it's like, just from sort of various sources that I've gathered, I've got this sort of story in my head of what happened with the whole Sifidius thing. And I'm not even sure if it's entirely accurate or where I got all that from, but for someone who's a more casual fan, it's like, yeah, that's what sort of left them hanging. And especially for my mom who likes mysteries and, you know, wants to know the answers to stuff. She's always like, what happened to Sifidius? What was going on with that? And all this. And so I told her that, you know, they were going to do a sort of bonus Clone Wars arc about it and finally answer that question. Yeah, maybe we'll even find out what he looks like, too. <laughs> yeah, think, who knows? We know what his lightsaber looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully um, the next announcement or next news bit that we get about Clone Wars will hopefully be how and when we're going to see these episodes, which yeah, hopefully, hopefully will be soon either. I'm hoping either at uh, Star Wars Weekends or for sure at uh, Celebration 2 or, or Europe 2 where Dave Filoni is going to be. Yeah, Just well, I mean, we've, some we've got more information about when are we going to see these great episodes? Yeah, and we've got Celebration coming up. We've got Star Wars Weekends at Disney World, and we've also got San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm Dude, sure yeah. between the three of those that, you know, I, I'm hoping by the end of the summer they'll they'll give us some information about it. Because, you know, it's funny because the thing is people are getting all worried, like, oh, well, we still don't know when these episodes are going to come out. Well, if there was going to be a season six on TV at this point, we wouldn't know when that was going to start airing anyways. I mean, it's funny because it kind of feels like there's this void of no Clone Wars because it's been canceled, but it's like it would be on break right now anyways, and if you know, we would all just be waiting for season six and there wouldn't be any Clone Wars right now anyway. So, um, yeah, it, it is yeah. kind of fitting with the old like way we got new Clone Wars clips after a season would end because this is pretty much about the time we would start seeing a bit new clips for the upcoming season. So yeah. in that regard, it's all kind of lining up the same as it was in the past. Yeah, yeah. So again, I think sometime this summer we'll hopefully get some more information. Also, I'm planning to go to Phoenix Comic Con at the end of this month, and Sam Witwer is going to be there. I can maybe oh, nice. try to squeeze any tidbits that he knows out of him. But <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it, I mean, if he even knows if, when these episodes are going to come out, I doubt he's going to be able to say anything about it. But it wouldn't hurt to ask. Yeah, but just seeing these clips just makes the wait even longer. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I know, right? I see it well, so bad. Yeah, and I think part of the thing that makes the wait so hard is be- I, th- I feel like because these are bonus clips and they're trying to maybe sort of, um, I guess, sort of cheer up the people that are still upset about the show ending, it's like these they, they seem to be revealing more in these clips than they normally would. You know, if if there were going to be a season six on TV, I think at this point they would still only be, sh- you know, anything we had seen so far would have just been like maybe a 30 second teaser trailer or like a minute long clip of something coming up. But all the clips, well, I guess just the two clips that they've released so far, this one and the one from the uh, from the Order 66 storyline, they've both been like, you know, two minutes long and showing a lot of stuff going on. So. Um, although I guess if you watch this clip just by itself, this one with Plo Koon finding the lightsaber, you wouldn't know that it had anything to do with Sifo Dyas unless you read the article from Dave Filoni. 
Yeah, you're just be wondering. He's talking more about Jet, what Jedi lightsaber is that, or who is that? Yeah, and actually, one thing I just realized is that I think they are already sort of starting to rewrite the EU backstory of uh, Sifo-Dyas a little bit because in the backstory, it didn't um, wasn't Sifo-Dyas's lightsaber the first lightsaber that Dooku gave to Grievous? You might be right about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it would make sense. Too. Yeah, I, I think you know because Grievous kills Jedi and takes their lightsabers, but he would have had to you know have a lightsaber in the first place. And I think the yeah. first one he got was that Dooku gave him Sifo-Dyas's lightsaber that he had kept. That he had kept. So you know, if Plo Koon's finding it in a ship, then obviously Grievous got his from somewhere else. But I've sort of given up on General Grievous at this point because that's that's sort of my only one disappointment with the Clone Wars is that he has not been. Uh, sort of effective, dangerous villain, pretty much at all. On occasion, but, maybe, but yeah, yeah on occasion. But I mean, you know, he he's got this reputation as this dangerous Jedi killer, and he's killed. I'm pretty sure it's just been Nadar Veb <laughs> on the Clone Wars, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a Padawan, and, or no? He just he wasn't a Padawan. He just he, well, he was night. sort of hot off the presses, yeah, you know, <laughs> fresh into Jedi knighthood, and was still all ambitious and angry and stuff but um and you know i'm not saying that i want the the grievous from the clone wars micro series where he's like flipping around and spinning his lightsabers like a freaking windmill and you know fighting five (laughs) jedi masters at once i mean that was sort of the other extreme of him being overpowered but it's like even in some of the comics and i mean we don't we don't see him kill any jedi in episode three aside from the deleted scene where he kills shock t but it's like even then, you know, he has a reputation of being dangerous. And when, uh, you know, when the council is all worried about, you know, trying to find him and Anakin says the chancellor's requested that I go and Obi, or uh, I think it's Kiati Mundi. No, it's Yoda that says a master's needed with more experience. I'm like, come on, Anakin could take him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Ahsoka managed to cut his hand off and get away without getting killed. You know, she probably could have killed him with a little bit more experience. I'm sure Anakin could take him down. Yeah, without question. <laughs> Yeah, but or you know at least by what they're going by on the Clone Wars, which is why I would have liked to see him portrayed a little bit more dangerously and maybe get to kill a couple of Jedi that weren't so you know sort of naive and hot headed. Yeah, but, he oh, has killed. Well, a, he has do? killed plenty of droids though. <laughs> <laughs> That's not his job. <laughs> He's just making things easier for the Jedi. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I mean, you know, like we said, we'll just have to wait and see when they announce, you know, how and when those episodes are going to be released. But it'll be uh, be great to get to see some more stuff and kind of get some more of those uh, mysteries answered. Yeah, hopefully soon. Hopefully and, soon. And just yeah. throw in another clip while you're at it, too. Once <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> clip, trailer, something like that. But um yeah, and uh, something else that was interesting that wasn't in this article, but I think it popped up maybe a few days later where uh, Dave Filoni just posted on Facebook and Twitter. I mean, we already know that he's involved in a new Star Wars series that they're working on at Lucasfilm. And he posted a picture of a sketch of a TIE fighter that he did. And he you know, had the caption that said, like, I can't believe I've been working at Lucasfilm for eight years and this is the first time I've gotten to draw a TIE fighter. Uh, which is, you know, I, I guess... Obviously, that's a pretty big hint as to what they're working on for the next series and sort of what time period it's going to be set in. 
Um, although, you know, I think we were already speculating that it was going to be something that takes place in between episodes seven, uh, six and seven to sort of fill in that gap. And I think this sort of confirms that if it's not in that time period, then it, it's at least during the original trilogy and it's not, you know, sort of more Clone Wars or before the Clone Wars or Old Republic or whatever else people might have been speculating about. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's funny that with Star Wars for me, like the littlest things I can get you really excited for. <laughs> yeah. Just seeing the sketch of a TIE fighter, which we've seen millions of times throughout the years of being a Star Wars fan. But this is what, in fact, that was Dave Filoni saying, it's been eight years since I worked out Lucasfilm. This is the first time I drew it. It's like, you know, it's going to be something to do with the next animated series. But like yeah. I said, we don't know exactly what yet, but just the fact that it's going to have some ties to the Empire or an Imperial presence there just got me really excited. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that and had this big grin on my face. Yep. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, this is just sort of a concept sketch, so it's not really anything... F- final about you know to sort of indicating what the final show is going to look like but if you look at this sketch it almost looks a little bit more stylized even than what they've done on the clone wars um especially if you look at the wings of the tie fighter they definitely look smaller compared to the body than they do in the movies yeah so when i saw that i was thinking well i guess one thought i had was that this series maybe could be set in between episodes three and four and could be showing the rise of the empire and this could be some sort of prototype tie fighter or it could just be you know dave filoni was sitting there sketching it and didn't draw the wings quite to scale or it could be that maybe this is going to be even like 2d animation instead of 3d and that you know just everything is going to have sort of a more cartoon stylized look to it but um, I don't know. Did, did you notice that or think anything about it when you saw it? Yeah, it was like kind of on the same page as you. Sorry, like it does like the style of it does look a little different. Like you said, a little more stylized. And it's funny too, like this few little images and then we get all the speculation <laughs> as far as well, what's it going to be? 3D, what, uh, 2D animation or what time period is it going to be? I just think it's great. But I kind of personally, I would like to see him like do a Star Wars show kind of in the old traditional TV animation because that's still the animation I prefer. Um, I don't know why, I just, I guess, because I grew up with it. And then when it's done really well to me, it's just the one that I prefer, as great as the Clone Wars looked. I wouldn't mind seeing a traditional, like, old-school 2D Star Wars animated series. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I can't remember who did it, but, like, a few months ago, or, like, later at the end of last year, someone did, like, a fan-animated, uh, kind of looked like an anime of a space battle between TIE fighters and the uh, X-Wings, and it was just done really well. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. That was awesome. Yeah, I was like, man, if we get something like that as a regular Star Wars series, that would be cool, but... I wonder yeah. if Dave Filoni's hired that guy already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're doing a 2D show that's got TIE fighters in it, definitely get that guy on board. Yeah, definitely. Get but, that. He did a great um, job. Yeah, no, I mean... Yeah, like I said, that was something I thought about that maybe that they're going to do a 2D animated series. And I think on the one hand, that would be interesting to see and it would maybe be a nice change of pace from the Clone Wars. But I mean, I love the 3D animated stuff. Um, I mean, I hardly ever watch cartoons anymore, but pretty much the only cartoons that I do watch are Star Wars, the Clone Wars and Transformers Prime. Just because I love what they can do with the 3D CGI animation and I just think some of that stuff looks so cool. Especially with, you know, in Star Wars, if it's you know, spaceships or tanks or whatever, or in Transformers, if it's, you know, the robots or the cars or whatever, it's like, um, you know, I, I love when they can make that stuff seem almost photorealistic. And yet, you know, it's sort of still this stylized animated thing, but, um, 
I don't know. I just think that's really cool. But at the same time, like I said, I wouldn't be opposed to a 2D series either, especially when you know you've got good people involved. And certainly Disney's got some great animators too. So, um, you know, sometimes I look at 2D cartoons nowadays and it's like compared to the Clone Wars, everything else looks dated and, you know, sort of technologically behind kind of thing. And, you know, some of these 2D shows, the animation doesn't look all that great. But I'm sure with, uh, you know, with Lucasfilm Animation and Disney working together, I'm sure they could make it look really good if they wanted to. So, you know, I'm sure whatever they do, I'm hoping is going to be great. And with, you know, the companies working on it and with Dave Filoni involved, I'm, uh, you know, pretty excited for it and pretty, uh, I guess, confident that it's going to be another great show. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's funny because uh, Clone Wars is actually what kind of warmed me up to 3D animation because before i hated it i mean besides from like the pixar movies any like tv animated show that went to the 3d cg realm i thought it looked awful and terrible i can never get into it but even when clone wars was announced i was kind of disappointed that it was going to be 3d animation but seeing what they did with it is like yeah you could see why they did it and they just did a phenomenal job making it look amazing and then other shows that more recent shows that throughout the years it gets better and better and it's like i don't mind it as much and it's a good thing too because that seems like what most animated series are going to be doing now you really hardly see any of the traditional 2D stuff anymore. So mm-hmm. I have Clone Wars to thank for <laughs> making me accept that it is a good good way to see some new uh, animated series. So. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, kind of like you said, I, I guess I didn't really hate it before Clone Wars came out, but, you know, like you said, there were some other 3D cartoons that really didn't do it well. And I mean, obviously that's understandable because 3D animation takes a lot of time and resources and to do it on sort of a weekly schedule for a TV show, you know, you can see why they would maybe uh, sort of slack a bit on the production values or the costs or whatever. But I mean, you know, I, I love the Disney Pixar movies and sort of the 3D animation that they do with those. And so Clone Wars was sort of the first one to sort of almost reached that level. I mean, I'm not saying it's as great as sort of Pixar stuff. I think they've still, you know, they, they've got more years of experience and they're still sort of ahead on that game. But as far as TV shows, I think Clone Wars is easily the best looking 3D animated TV show. And then, you know, like I said, oh, yeah. there have been a few more that have sort of followed that example and, you know, sort of put more effort into it. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, just comparing it to, I don't think there is no comparison because uh, I always watched uh, when it was before that got canceled, like Green Lantern, the animated series. I mean, mm-hmm. That looked good, but when you watch it after you just saw an episode of the Clone Wars, like you could definitely see the jump in quality. This no one has as much detail as the Clone Wars did. Yeah, yeah, and I, again, I mean, because Green Lantern got canceled after what two seasons? Not even like they broke it up to make it look like two seasons, but it was just actually one season of twenty six episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, I thought that show looked interesting and I wanted to check it out. I've never actually gotten around to watching a whole episode of it, I don't think. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can even tell that with Clone Wars where you look at the earlier seasons and uh, some of the detail and the environments and stuff is so much less than, you know, what you get in earlier seasons. I think one way that you can really tell the change in quality in the Clone Wars is if you just, you know, watch an episode from season one and then maybe like season three and season five and look at Coruscant, you know, just just sort of watch the landscape of Coruscant. If you look in the Clone Wars movie where there's like the Senate building or the Jedi temple, it looks like just that building surrounded by a flat gray landscape that's supposed to look like the surface of Coruscant with maybe a few buildings sticking up and a couple lines of speeders going across the sky. And then, you know, if you compare that to, 
the Coruscant in the uh, the Clone Wars season finale of season five, where you know they're on Coruscant and stuff. It's like it's like night and day the difference. I mean, there's so much more atmospheric stuff going on, so many more buildings, so much more stuff going on in the sky with the cars and the clouds and the lighting and you know just so many more buildings and it's like you know something that you wouldn't even think about because it's like well they had uh coruscant earlier in the show and it's like if you watch the progression of it it doesn't you know, it's not all that noticeable but it's like if you watch it now and then go back and watch it in the clone wars movie it's like holy crap that's like the senate building sitting on a block <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean by the end of season five some of those stuff especially like you said the coruscant shots almost look as it did in the movies really yeah we, you could easily fool someone and think you're watching the actual movie when you see shots like that they just got that good as far as the detail of it yeah yeah it's absolutely amazing so yeah, which, I mean, which I hope that um, whatever the new animated series is going to be that Disney allows them to kind of have that same high quality as far as uh, having the budget to, to do that because <laughs> you know oh, with yeah. Lucas it probably the money wasn't that big of a, a deal to spend it to look that good but with Disney now in charge that might think oh, we don't want to put too much money to an animated series so hopefully it won't be the case but I just want it to look as good as the Clone Wars did because it'd be a shame if they have to kind of regress to back to how it wasn't as detailed as the end of the series was. Yeah, and that's why I'm hoping that they get to do another 3D series because, I mean, I'm not saying that 2D animation can't be beautiful and that you can't draw, you know, great landscape shots and stuff like that, but just the stuff that they can do with 3D with the, you know, the textures on the models and the different lighting options and things like that. And, I mean, with experiences they've gotten with it on Clone Wars over the past five years. I mean, if they imagine if they keep a lot of the same creative team together, make a new series and season one of that show kind of starts off on a technical level where Clone Wars ended on season five. Imagine where that show is going to be after five years and how that's going to look. Yeah. I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's going to be spectacular. So, I mean, I, I hope that they get to uh, do another 3d show just so we can get some, you know, get to see more of that kind of stuff. But I mean, if they end up doing a 2D show, that could be cool, too. So, I mean, either way, it's more Star Wars, and I'm sure yeah, they're going to have Either way, we're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we've got for this episode. I mean, we're already over an hour now. If you check our Twitter feed, you can see uh, a few other little tidbits we've posted, sort of the usual, um, you know, casting rumors. Carrie Fisher saying she's going to be in it, and J.J. Abrams talking about Star Wars and Star Trek and... Uh, you know, all this other kind of stuff. So, um, you know, you can find, like I said, you can find that stuff on our Twitter page. We post all the little uh, updates on there as we find them. Um, I guess one other thing is J.J. Abrams says he's hoping or believing that John Williams will score episode seven. That's uh, good news. Yeah, but, I thought that was definitely good to hear coming out of J.J. Abrams' mouth. They won't just yeah. assume, oh, he'll use um, Michael Giacchino, who he's used in the past. But Tim actually say, no, I'm expecting John Williams to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Because yeah. he was and not I, long before I was. And I think I, I read either in that article or somewhere else that Giacchino was like, yeah, he was in support of it too. Yeah. Even though J.J. Abrams pretty much uses him for everything. He was like, nah, you're doing Star Wars? Yeah, I go with John Williams. Yeah, so I thought that was great to hear. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I know we spent a lot of time talking about Clone Wars and video games, but uh, it's a lot of exciting stuff going on there. So, Tim, did you have anything else you wanted to add before you uh, or before we wrap up for this week? Yeah, I think that uh, should cover everything. So, yeah, it was good to have a kind of different 
discussion as more good Star Wars news starts to develop with the video game front. I know there are people who are kind of disappointed with the EA announcement, but I think overall in the end, it's, we're still going to get some great games and it's going to be a, a good decision by uh, Lucasfilm to partner with them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think part of the reason I think this is such good news and I was so excited about it is regardless of how you feel about EA, at least this is sort of, we, we can put this in the plus column for sort of things that have happened since Disney and Lucasfilm merged where, you know, it's like we've, we've had, we've lost the Clone Wars, we've lost LucasArts, you know, so that's all stuff that has been sort of subtractions. And so it's like, regardless of the quality of these video games, or regardless of how you feel about EA, at least we're getting more Star Wars video games. And at least, you know, they canceled, or they, they shut down LucasArts, but now almost immediately, they're still trying to go after other publishers and developers to put out new Star Wars games. So I'm just, like I said, I'm excited that they're being active with the license and that we're going to get new games, uh, you know, sooner than later. Like we said, it's probably still going to be about a year till we actually see these titles, but I was thinking it might even take longer than that. Um, you know, I don't know how long they've already been working on the stuff that they're, that they're developing right now, but it's like, you know, I thought, oh, they're going to cancel it. Well, it's still going to take a while for them to, you know, find other developers and maybe work out licensing agreements and stuff like that. But I'm just glad that, you know, within a short amount of time, they're already underway on some new Star Wars games. So, yeah, and I think, they're gonna, I think they're going to be good games, too. I'm sure there's going to be yeah. some that aren't going to be that great. But I think with the developers, like we mentioned, we're going to get some great Star Wars games. Because the thing that makes me confident is that when EA bought Bioware and they released Mass Effect 2 and 3, those games were still great and awesome. And they didn't, they were better than the first one, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think they're going to treat the Star Wars license with the same respect. So I'm not too worried. Yeah, yeah. And um well, I mean, you know, we could go off on a whole other tangent about this, but I mean, we talked about this with the movies too, where, you know, they're making a movie every year and there's going to be all these different spinoffs and things like that. It's like, you might have, you know, obviously we're going to have some that are better than others mm -hmm. and we're going to have some that are good. We're hopefully going to have some that are great. We're probably going to have one or two that might be kind of mediocre. Hopefully we don't have any that are terrible, but it's like, as long as we're getting new Star Wars and most of it's good, then I'm happy with it. Yeah. And it's not like we've never had, bad star wars games before we lived through those so, oh, yeah. there are some that stink we'll definitely get some great ones yeah clone wars republic heroes and all that kind of stuff which yeah. i didn't think was that bad i mean i thought it was fun but kind of like with masters of terrors kasi like you said you kind of talked yourself into liking it just because it was the only one available i was like that was kind of the only clone wars game where you got to actually sort of play through a story and yeah. play with all the different characters and stuff so i was like yeah they could have done a better job with that but i enjoyed it while i played it and yeah. then put it I even made myself score a thousand achievement points on that game <laughs> <laughs> just because it was Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us rant about video games and Clone Wars and all that other good stuff. It's always fun to be on here talking Star Wars. And if you guys like the show and want to give us feedback or if you want to give us feedback because you don't like the show or if you've got comments or questions or anything like that. You can always email us at kyle at clonewarspodcast.com or tim at clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, you can also send us a message on Facebook. Uh, just find our Facebook page, uh, Star Wars The Saga Continues. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. And uh, like I said, we post all our news bits that we find on there. And uh, so you can follow that and you can uh, you know send us messages on Twitter as well. And we usually respond to those and sometimes we'll read people's questions and comments on the show and we always appreciate hearing back from you guys uh you can also uh you know find us on itunes and you can leave us a review on there 
And uh, you can also find us at clonewarspodcast.com is where, you know, all our episodes go up on there as well in addition to the uh, iTunes page. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it for this week. And, uh, you know, keep looking out for new Clone Wars episodes, new video games, and all that exciting kind of stuff. Uh, So until our next episode, uh, may the Force be with you, and we will see you guys next time. See you, everybody. Thank you.